0: Welcome to Bush Footy Legends, presented by Healthway, promoting the Think Mental Health message. We'll be dusting off the old pigskin and catching up with a few of the people who have made country footy tick in Western Australia. Brent Lacroix is undoubtedly one of the modern kings of WA country footy. Having played in pretty much every state and territory in Australia, and from the grassroots to the very top, this son and brother of two other family stars has a record of his own to be very proud of. The gun for high goal kicker from Cervantes joins me now. Good morning, Brent.
1: How you going, mate? Fair rap. Oh, just give oh me?
0: super, mate. Fair rap. Well, you deserve it, mate. <laughs> I don't
1: know about that, but, yeah, good to have a chat, mate.
0: Well, we'll, we'll pull out a few stats that'll uh, tell everyone why you deserve it shortly. But I want to start on a pretty casual note, mate, and uh, with nicknames. Now, your mum, Leone, who we all know is a bit of a unit. Uh, I don't think that's being too rude to <laughs> her. Uh, she says her nickname for you is Bloody Idiot. <laughs> But more, more precisely, she says you get Bruno. Where'd that come from?
1: Yeah, well, it's actually pretty funny that, yeah, that that nickname come about. It was um, when I first started playing 10 footy at the Vannies. And uh, we had a bloke that played with Lockie Keating. And uh, he'd worked for Dad as well for a little bit, 12 months or so. And um, he said, how come you don't have a nickname? You're Right, your nickname's uh, Bruno. <laughs> and I was like, what? And then he was like, nah decided that's your new nickname and i was like how did you come about that and he goes oh, i knew this other Brent; his nickname was bruno so it's yours too then i remember sort of walking away thinking yeah right mate but well, that won't stick and like you said now my mum calls me it so <laughs> yeah.
0: here, we are, here we are 20 years down the track and it's stuck
1: <laughs> yeah that's it it's uh managed to hang in so lucky for out there
0: <laughs> well i'd imagine I'd imagine your mum uh, has probably called you a fair bit worse than Bruno, so I reckon that's a pretty good one.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, what did she say? I was an idiot before, bloody idiot, so yeah, yeah. I'll take Bruno over that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, mate, you've certainly had a unique ride through footy, absolutely, including your senior career that started in Cervantes at just 16 years of age uh, with your dad, Peter, coaching. How do you reflect back just generally on, on what footy's been to your life? Oh, it's just,
1: uh, yeah, it's been everything, really, like... Um, The people I've met through it and the times I've had, it's been awesome. Uh, I can't really imagine a lot without it. Um, Yeah, it was was really good starting as a young kid and getting a bit of confidence uh, at that level. And um, some of the guys that I played with were certainly pretty big characters and, yeah, some funny stories that are probably uh, not PG-rated, but, you know, there's plenty that are as well, I guess. There's a lot of stories from those days that that were awesome. I was um, really good as a young fella to play those
0: sorts. I think if you spend any decent amount of time in the game, you certainly have some that you can broadcast and some that you can't. There's no doubt about that. But take us back, Brent, to the your earliest memories of just growing up with a footy in your hand in Cervantes. Paint the picture for us.
1: Oh, yeah. Look, uh, we grew up and it was just sort of... Uh, I'd have a sister and a brother and I was probably a little bit... A fair bit older than Mark to, um, where it wasn't really competitive... Because uh, I was so much older than him But it was we were always kicking the footy together With the old man and that um, Growing up in Savannah's you know, Whether it be out the front or down the oval Or socks in the house Or probably footies in the house um, yeah, It was always just like Kicking it down the hallway and things like that And then playing kind a of junior footy at Savannah's They're probably my earliest memories of, Yeah, family footy And just we're always at the footy Dad was coaching, coached like by Haswell growing up So we just grew up in a footy club really
0: your sister doesn't get much of a rap. let Let's let's say a name once and for all, and uh, we know you and Mark have been mentioned plenty of times over the years, and your dad as well, which we'll go to. But your sister, tell us about her a little.
1: Yeah, Carly. She um, yeah, she's in between me and Mark. Uh, she lives in Toowong as well. Um, uh, now she's a teacher there. Um, yeah, she's uh, she does get left out a little bit, but um, she's uh, nice good sister to have. So. Did, you,
0: did uh, she have to break up any brotherly blues along the way?
1: Oh, she got in some blues, but she's pretty stubborn, so I reckon that um, it was more probably fights with me, and then as Mark got a little bit older, then them two started fighting, so <laughs> she had uh, plenty of plenty of fights, I don't think she was breaking up too many of
0: them, that's for sure. Well, I mean, I know you said you didn't rough Mark up too much, but surely you might, your older brother, all older brothers beat their younger brothers up a bit, don't they?
1: Uh, well, that's five years in between us, so it's pretty one sort of fight than we did fight, but uh, it, was, it was pretty rare. He knew in the back pedal, and he did it often.
0: <laughs> he was very savvy, even in his footy career, wasn't he?
1: <laughs> he, uh, he actually is. Uh, I reckon he was a little bit grumpy when he played footy. He actually didn't mind going in to up of a bit of a dust-up. He was easy to upset, I reckon, but um, he wasn't <laughs> like that at home, except maybe with our sister. So maybe he just picked the ones he could win.
0: <laughs> very smart way. <laughs> Did you ever go just up the road to the pinnacles and use them as goals for kicking practice when you were growing up?
1: Nah, we never spent too much time at the pinnacles. Those was probably a bit far from home I ride your push bike. But, um, yeah, no, nah, we, we spent plenty of time kicking the footy out the front and stuff, doing the, uh, the lamppost and the brick wall and things like that and finding targets. But, yeah, nah, no, not the pinnacles. We never went that far.
0: <laughs> well well, no you're five years older than Mark as you say but you just managed to beat him to the punch by only six days for your AFL debut I thought that was quite remarkable but that's at least something you'll always have on him mate
1: yeah it was a big week for the family um I don't really it's one thing I don't really compare with him about footy careers because um apart from beating him to the punch for six days it, it uh he, he beat me to everything else so I'm uh, proud of what he's done in that but um yeah, we, I don't really try to get into a uh, career
0: comparison, that's damn sure. Yeah, I think that's a wise move. Uh, you, what about your dad, Peter? He played in that Waffle Premiership for East Fremantle in one of the great grand finals of all time in the Waffle, the 1979 battle, uh, the derby between South Fremantle and East Fremantle. Has he made you watch the VHS a few times over the years?
1: Nah, <laughs> uh, we watched it... I reckon we we did have it on VHS once or mean t- we, we did watch it once or twice, but... Um, yeah, he had some good stories from those days and guys he played with. Now I think he had, a, he had an awesome time um, down there. Um, just the crowds they got in that, and you know, I think it was a little less professional back in those days. So some of the stories from the Saturday nights and the Sunday mornings and the Sunday afternoons, they were, they were pretty uh, interesting and, and good fun to listen to. So um, yeah, we had we had a fair run. Uh, Uh, yeah some fair stories to tell around the fire
0: we're talking smack that's for sure (laughs) no doubt and we love talking smack don't worry about that but tell tell us the support that your parents Peter and Leonie gave you you know Leonie's obviously a very funny lady but a very committed mother too and I'd imagine it was pretty important to know that they were there for you whenever you needed them and and they certainly were when you did
1: yeah look uh, you both of them have been um, you know really good for us as, as kids growing up and that like you said mum's A different animal, but um, she—the one thing she's very, very loyal—and like you wouldn't want to say anything bad about one of her children. It's, um, you you know, you'd uh, be—she'd go to war for you, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, one thing we never, we never doubted was if Mum had our backs. I think very early on, when she probably knew we were in the wrong, she still would be backing us up there, you know any little fights you got into, whether it be at school or a footy or wherever it was, she, she always had our back, that's for sure.
0: And when you go through that footy rollercoaster, it's something that's pretty important to have, isn't it?
1: Yeah, look, family, I uh, oh, don't, don't suppose it matters what you're doing. You know, it's important to have your, have your family with you and, um, you know, know that you feel supported by them and that. And, um, yeah, look, Mum and Dad and Carly and Mark all sort of uh, been there throughout different parts of my career and life, and, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's always good to have a good family and a good, you know, a stable, stable home life, I guess. That's uh, something that's always important to me, and same with my boys growing up, you know, you know, it's probably super important to give them the same thing.
0: Well, Brent, anyone who knows Le Craze knows what they love. So tell us uh, where you were when North Melbourne picked you with number 56 draft pick in 2003. <laughs> I was fishing,
1: So, <laughs> um, I definitely wasn't really expecting to get drafted. Um, I thought I'd missed that boat. Um, I think North rang me the night before the draft. So, looking back at it, I, I probably had a bit more idea. But, um, at the time, yeah, we just we were going fishing and that was what we were doing. And I don't think I was watching the draft. I think mum might have been watching it and then she rang and then next minute, um, Yeah, North Melbourne Footy Club rang through and, yeah, it was all all done and I think, we threw the rest of them off pretty quick and went home.
0: Well, I think, uh, from my uh, understanding, your mum was at home looking at the computer at the draft. Uh, You got picked with that number 56 pick, as I said, and then she rang out to your dad out on the boat and said, uh, Brent's going to Melbourne, so you might as well come in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds about right. uh, Yeah, she... uh, you know, she's always keeping an eye on the footy and the results. And as far as off, I don't think too many dads would know as much about footy as what my mum does. So, um, yeah, she was always keeping her eye on it and that. And I think there's no different that day. She was watching the draft and the internet. and um, Yeah, probably early days, dial up internet or something, and she would have been watching the pigs come through. But, um, yeah, no, I remember her ringing up. And then I sort of thought I was joking at first. And then, yeah, next <laughs> minute, started to get some other calls. So, that was a good time.
0: Sounds like a waste of a good fishing day to me, mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think it was it was early in the year, so they weren't uh, they weren't they weren't very strong. if, if they were uh, the cranes had been a bit thicker, I don't know if I would have been able to get the old man to turn the boat around so quick. We would have been probably a fishing day, but um, as I remember it, it was pretty early in the season, and the craze were ordinary anyway.
0: Just talking about the fishing life that you've, your family's had, and I know Mark still loves it, and he's even built himself a boat. Most recently, but has he actually is he taking you out on it yet?
1: Yeah, um, wow, good lad. So if you're talking if if you're talking to him, you can ask him who's caught the biggest jury on that so far.
0: <laughs> and it me. is you.
1: Yep, that will be me. Very um, nice. <laughs> so yeah, no, we've uh, we've had a couple of good trips on it, and uh, it's a cracking boat. Uh, jury built him, and um, yeah, I reckon um, yeah he's going to have some good times on it. That's for sure.
0: It's obviously been a profession for your family, Brent, the the crayfishing, but has it added something sort of as a a good balance in your life as well from your footy?
1: Yeah, I think so. um, Yeah, looking back and that, um, growing up, just how much we were doing, like, you know, going with dad crayfishing, or we were fishing off the beach, or we went on holidays fishing. We did sort of do it as as a bit of a down, in in your downtime a little bit, Um, even though he did it as a profession as well, just something that he loved. Um, yeah, and and probably something that I'm passing on to my kids now and just, yeah, look, I I like it just as a getaway and had lots of boys' trips and had lots of families' trips as well and, yeah, fishing has been been a massive part of all of our lives.
0: I want to put the start to your AFL career in a bit of perspective. So your first AFL game was an 85-point loss at Cadinia Park to a Geelong team that had players like Gary Ablett Jr., Jimmy Bartell, Steve Johnson, Cameron Ling, Matthew Scarlett, a few others. They're all the players who would underpin three premierships in the next six years for the Cats. So uh, That's a long way from growing Boxing up in Cervantes.
1: Boxing at 6am the next morning, I think, we had. So, <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, Arden Street, 6am, C is all there. And, uh, yeah, that was the introduction to Sandy which wasn't really ideal, I guess. But, like you said, didn't really know at the time that they were going to be the next powerhouse. Um, and looking back, they had some fair names in that side as well.
0: How daunting was that for you, Brent, to sort of get there, get your chance, and that's the start to your career?
1: Um, So much daunted because I'd been there a while. So I'd sort of settled in, I'd been there a year and a bit. Um, I was ready to play, uh, I was itching to play. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was daunting, but it was just, a, it was probably disappointing and a bit of a reality check where. North were probably, uh, yeah, middle of the road to, to the bottom at the time, middle of the road probably, and then maybe Geelong side, it just could turn it on really quickly. Yeah, they turned it on that day, and uh, there's nothing we can do about it.
0: Well, it was sort of a bit of an end of an era for, for your team, wasn't it, North Melbourne? I mean, you're just talking about those names in the Geelong team, in your team that day were Glenn Archer, Adam Simpson, Shannon Grant, Brent Harvey, Severio Rocker, Drew Petrie. I mean, they're all-time greats of the North Melbourne Footy Club. but uh, Were they good in welcoming a young bloke from Western Australia into the fold?
1: Yeah, they are unbelievable. As far as the footy club goes um, and and making you feel welcome in that, like, a, uh, it's hard to say. I wouldn't say I've been at a, at a better footy club than that, sure. Like, that. Um, whether you're 40th on the list like I probably was or number one, um, yeah, like Brent Harvey or something like that, it didn't, it didn't matter like they, they always made you feel welcome and you know uh, got some good mates from those days that still mates with to this day that yeah just always made you feel like a big part of the footy club and didn't matter if you're playing or not as long as you're sort of doing the right things and that i think everyone yeah had a lot of respect for each other yeah i yeah, really enjoyed my three years there
0: i think michael ferrito is one of the friends that you talk about there that you keep in touch with is there any others
1: yeah. Um, oh, look, I kept in touch with, with a few guys. Hamish McIntosh is another one I kept in touch with uh, a fair bit. Um, but, yeah, look, I kept in touch with Spud Um Yeah, we speak, you know, a couple of times a week and mm. chew each other's ear off and talk a fair bit of smack, as we said. So, um, <laughs> yeah, always keep in touch with him really, really
0: close. But the mateships like that are pretty important. Yeah, you know, even a, a short period of time, it just shows you the power of footy in a... And a footy change room, doesn't it? Having been mates still all those years later.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Like, you go to a footy club and, you know, you might be... The locker next door might have a bricklayer and then the other locker across, <laughs> you might be a lawyer. You know what I mean? But it just seems to be that I uh, have a lot of like-minded people, no matter where they've come from or what they've done. Um, you know, you've got that footy in common. And, and Although there's a lot of different people, you also don't... You know, uh, meet a lot of people that are like-minded, and that was probably the first time in my life, really, that I've met so many people that I had so much in common with. um, Yeah, I just remember it. I just love um, that part of the footy club. You know, all the mates you make. It's probably really what it's all about in the end.
0: Absolutely. Brent, the, the AFL part of your long footy journey ended after only six games. How did you find out that that time was over?
1: Oh, yeah, so it wasn't... Um, we did block this, uh, at, the end of, at the end of the year I thought I was going to be gone for sure and then um, went into a meeting with Dean Lavely and uh, I think that was it. The, and then he sort of offered me to train on, um, knowing that there's probably six blokes training on for two spots. Um, and then we did a camp, I remember, uh, I don't think that no I'd gone home, but we had a few days off and I'd fly home and yeah, just got the phone call from Dean just saying it was a numbers game. and. That's the way it had gone, and yeah, career was over. So, so you're
0: it's pretty, time to move on. Pretty rough getting cut by a fellow West Perth bloke.
1: Yeah, uh, no, look, that's the way it was. So yeah. it was a good, uh, the way the, the way the game went, and um, probably hadn't been a great three years. So it wasn't totally unexpected. Um, you won
0: the best was, and fairest you know, for getting Ballarat getting that year stuff. too, though, didn't you? Yeah,
1: yeah. I, uh, I probably had my best year in my third year, but um, couldn't break into the seniors, had a lot of uh, older guys aging that were still playing and yeah, just uh, couldn't quite crack in and um, yeah, end of the year, that was it.
0: Speaking of West Perth, blokes, I think another player we know well and a footy identity we know well over here, Darren Boris Buick, he was a good support for you over there?
1: Yeah, he was awesome. Um, So my first year, he wasn't there. Um, After my second and uh, after my first year, he was there for my second and third year, and he, he was massive. I don't think I would have played without him. He um he sort of flew my flag for me, and we did a lot of extra kicking on days off and sort of showed me a little bit what the work ethic needed was. And, um, yeah, he was just a good fella. Took me under his wing, and, um yeah, he, you know, obviously had a, a massive career at Essendon, and Come from West Perth as well, like you said. Just a uh, great bloke that, you know, had a big influence on my career, but, you know, Time I was there, and even after, good Brent, good
0: brother. Brent. Despite those five years between you and Mark, how close would you say you are as brothers? And did you lean on each other during the hard times in both of your careers? Because you both had some roller coaster moments.
1: Yeah, we did. Um, well, he's pretty much my best mate. It's um, oh, great to hear. So yeah, you know, we, we we chat uh, regularly, just whether it be uh, footy or something else. I think sometimes it'd be, you know, everyone's talking to him about footy. So I think a lot of the other time it'd be, I'd ring him and we'd talk fishing or, you know, whatever's happening at that day, you know, whatever we're doing, and we'd just talk smack, really, exactly like I said. and Yeah, so it's more more probably a release than than anything else than to talk about footy. We never really went on each other a hell of a lot. I mean, we still talk about it, but not, yeah, not as in-depth as probably other people.
0: I was at the Docklands the day kicked twelve goals against my beloved Essendon Bombers in two thousand and ten. I covered that game. Uh, was that his biggest bag in a game? Did he kick? any? Uh, you he... want
1: to talk about, if you want to talk about getting the VHS out and watching old games, that's the one I reckon that he's got just constantly on play now at his house. Um, high rotation. <laughs> yeah, high rotation. Getting an absolute flogging, I reckon. Um, yeah, no, he, he had a fair day out. I think everything just sort of come together for him that day. It was yeah. Pretty proud moment for the family and it's was, it was
0: a big day for him. In any other grade anywhere, Brent, did he kick any more than that? Uh no, I don't think so. Um, what, what was your big what was your biggest bag?
1: Oh, uh, I don't know, are you testing me now, maybe
0: eighteen. Did you really? I for Cervantes? Yeah, I think when I was a young fellow I might have a
1: couple of big bags like that, yeah.
0: Oh, there's another one you got on him. Actually, I think your your you granddad <laughs> Phil he could play a bit too, couldn't he? I think he's got you both covered, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, well, he probably you'd probably just about join the two of them together. I think he's still got the league record. I think he kicked twenty five at Mora <laughs> one day. So, um, yeah, he had the old paper clippings from uh, Mora Gazette or whatever it was that thing. I remember looking at it when we were a kid and thinking twenty five goals, like not bad for a year. And he has "No, own so, yeah, 25 for a day out. How's that
0: for a, how's that for a day out? <laughs> I'd be lucky to have kicked that in training over my career, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I suppose the one thing for Mark was it was a bit sad for him because he got split open in that game. He finished the game with a turban, didn't he, from memory?
1: Yeah, I think um, Lee Colbert, I think, who was at North when I was there, a uh, ripper fella, um, interviewed Mark the game, and he was, yeah, he was bleeding everywhere, and... Um, yeah, probably not his best look, but doesn't matter what he looked like. He kicked twelve, I suppose,
0: does it? <laughs> I don't think he would have cared that day. He was only dirty at Peter Sumich for taking him off for so long, so he couldn't beat his record. <laughs> 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 and he was—he was. I remember covering that game and talking to him. He was dirty about it immediately after the game as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like him. He's—he's uh, he's pretty competitive. I can imagine him and Summer having a uh, bit of a joke about that.
0: Now, Mark missed playing in that 2006 Premiership as a young eagle, obviously, and then 12 years later, in 2018, he gets his chance. He finally plays in a Premiership in the AFL in one of the great Grand Finals of all time. Were you there? And what did that day mean to you and your family?
1: Yeah, look, we were there, um, and it was just a bit of a surreal day. I can remember the confetti coming down and just thinking, what the hell's going on here? Like blue and yellow confetti, and, you know, seeing him jumping up and down on that stage um yeah it's like something you would dream of but not really ever go through and to see your little brother up there it was just yeah even though you'd seen him play 200 afl games like well, yeah i guess that's what every that's the game everyone watches every year um yeah, it was just a real feeling i remember
0: so even though you didn't get your chance to do it brent you you really felt a part of that in that in the in mark's moment
1: I don't know if I felt a part of it, but I just, yeah, I just felt like I was proud of him. So um, it was massive that he he got to that day. They obviously got to that day in 2015 as well, and um, they absolutely flying out of the water early. And then I remember that day thinking, oh, here we go. we got 2015 again. I kicked the first five. And then um, they sort of called their way called the way back. And then it was that last couple of minutes. is was just unbelievable. And then Dom shared to kick that goal. Yeah, the whole thing's like you couldn't script it any better, really, could you?
0: I felt so pleased for Mark because I was standing right next to him in the change rooms in 2015 when his daughter was trying to make a smile on his yeah. face with her fingers, and it's one of the brilliant photos of the post-grand final <laughs> change room, I reckon, and he was so sad, but his little daughter, yeah, he had to turn it around yeah, pretty yeah. quickly for his daughter and uh, and become dad again.
1: Yeah, I don't think Molly would um, let him get down down too much. She, um She's pretty upbeat. She's a massive little turbo, actually. <laughs> and um, Yeah she's, She would have been Bouncing around And um, Yeah It's pretty quick To forget about When you when you take a look At it like that Isn't it
0: Brent you and your dad Have both got a, a Waffle premiership And you've also got Personally a couple of Simpson medals to throw Into the mix Which are, are pretty incredible The three of you just Have compiled an enormous Footy family history I'm sure it's something You're all very proud of
1: Yeah Um Probably not Something I think about uh, A hell of a lot Um but just more like the people that I've met over that over that journey. You know, it's probably 15 years. Um, and, you know, Dad's probably had, he would have had six, seven years down there. And then Mark obviously had 15, 20 years, whatever, playing footy. It's just the people that you meet, I think, that makes it so good. And all the, yeah, all the friendships you've made over the years. And, yeah, just, I love that part of footy. It's just, you know, sit down and have a beer now with, like, guys you played with. Um, yeah, it's just fun.
0: Now, just off the top of your head, Brent, I think you've, as I said earlier, you've played in nearly every state and territory in Australia. Just give us the mud map yeah. quickly of, of where, where you've played and for who so in your senior career.
1: Any, I didn't miss any state or territory. So I played <laughs> in, Dar- I did play in Darwin with St Mary's for only about three games, which at this point I could have finish that year off. But um, that was in 2012, just before I finished, and that was sort of the last box, I guess. But I played in I played in Canberra with um, Tasmania when I was at North Melbourne. Um, played at Port uh, Adelaide in South Australia, West Perth. I played uh, Queensland with North Melbourne as well. I think. so yeah, just well, I played just about every state. Yeah.
0: Tells you a lot about what opportunity footy can give you too, doesn't it? I'm sure you've loved the ride.
1: Yeah, it, it, it does. I remember we were. Um, I was only about 22 or three, and we went to L.A., I remember to play footy, we played against Sydney, and I remember just thinking, this is sort of a long way from Savannah's. Um, you know, it's interesting to see what, what right footy could take you on and what to the people you meet and the places you go. Like, I, I don't know where I would have gone if I just stayed fishing and stayed home, I probably wouldn't have even left. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's, it's been good. The places I've been and the people I've met, yeah, it's been awesome footy.
0: Well, Brent, speaking of a long way from Cervantes, you got married in Hawaii, didn't you? That was a bit lavish, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. I probably think that was more just so no one would come. <laughs> uh, I don't really love a crowd. Oh, I don't want a party, but for someone else more than myself. And yes. uh, my wife, Lauren, was a little bit the same. Um, she wasn't really keen on a big scene, and she knew I felt that way. So then uh, she sort of said, why don't we go overseas and get married? And I said, oh, well. Yeah, we can and have a look at it or whatever. And we'd been to Hawaii the year before, I think, on a holiday um, and, and liked it. And then, yeah, we just both the families went. And, yeah, it was a, it was a really good 10 days. Normally you have your wedding, I suppose, and, and that's it. But, um, yeah, we, we sort of had 10 days away with both the families. And it was, yeah, it
0: was a trip I'll never forget. Your mum said she didn't want to come back.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. She, uh. Oh, she's going. To, her and Dad are hard to get away. Actually, um, <laughs> but once you get once once you get them over there, then yeah, you have trouble getting her home. Um, she's a bit like that. They went to America a couple of years ago. I remember she was like, oh, I don't know about going over here. And once she got back, she was telling me all about it and everywhere she has been. And, uh,
0: loving it. Okay, it's good. Well, you recently got a title, Brent. That not too many people could get. You were named number one in the West Australians list of Country WA best thirty bush footballers of the past decade. I'll bet you that came out of the blue, but it's a nice recognition for the years of service you've given your club up there at Cervantes.
1: Yeah, I don't know who um, who is voting on that one, but um, <laughs> someone was looking after me. But, um,
0: take them, mate. Take yeah,
1: him <laughs> yeah well, you take what you can. Uh, but no, look, Cervantes has been a massive part of my life, a free club there. Obviously, Dad played there and then coached there. Um, all the mates growing up that we had, sort of played long careers. There's guys there what uh, Budgie and Thompson, and um, guys like that, I played in like 13 or 14 flags, and Chris Bradshaw, another guy I played with, um, and my cousin Tyson's played in about a dozen, I think, you know, like, I think there's been some pretty good times there over a, over a long period of time for a lot of guys, so it's been a good footy club for not only me, but the family.
0: Well, for those who aren't familiar with that part of your career, Brent, you kicked more than 600 goals in 110 games, which is quite extraordinary. You won a pair of JJ Lussick medals for the league MVP, seven times leading goalkeeper for the association, and two Peter Lacroix medals named after your dad for the club best and fairest. I thought that was a nice little touch. But have you definitely retired now, John Farnham?
1: Yeah, well, I'm just doing the. I was doing the tour, and uh, this uh, <laughs> season's been cancelled this year, so it's, uh, it's been perfect. Now, well, when I, when footy comes back, I'll be 40, and I'm definitely definitely done boys won't be able to do anything about it so it's been good last couple of years I think I've retired uh, about three or four times and it hasn't really worked out missed the first five or six games played the last five or six but um, yeah no, it's definitely over that's for sure
0: mate Dustin Fletcher was still playing AFL at 40
1: yeah Dustin Fletcher and me got slightly different builds I think so uh I don't, know. I don't know if I'm really built to go into my 40s, unfortunately.
0: Now, did I see somewhere you talked about how a young teammate by the name of uh, Ben Watson helped you with your, that decision to retire?
1: Yeah, so Oh, well, He doesn't probably know. I've never really... I don't think I've had the conversation with him, but um, I remember sitting there and thinking, I played in three Flakes before his kid was born. Uh, so <laughs> that was a bit of a, what are you doing, old man? Just give it away. So... Uh, yeah, I remember I said it to Louis Harvey after we roughly won, we having a bit of a laugh about it.
0: <laughs> well, you kicked six goals in your last game—a ten-point win over Lance and point in last year's grand final. It's not a bad way to finish if that's going to be it. Yeah,
1: mate, that's uh, that's definitely a good way. It's going to be it. But um, yeah, no, nah, look, it's been fun. You know, all the all the um, good times I've had at Toony East has been been amazing. You know, um, all the people that make that place go—Dale Simmons and all the rest of them. Um, you know, the coaches that have been there for years. years—it's um, a, definitely a special place, and I've had a great
0: time there. Oh, mate, it's a hell of a club. Eighteen, 18 flags in the past twenty-two years—that's some record. You played in eight of them, and uh, I just think that's incredible. Did you celebrate that last one pretty well? What What were the highlights there?
1: Yeah, it was actually pretty good. We actually had a few older guys in the side. There was I wasn't a lone soldier. It was I was probably the oldest, but I wasn't. Uh, there's other guys with me. So I just remember it being. Pretty well laid back. Jay Van Bill, like come up and um, I think we were just dancing around and carrying on like fools at about two o'clock in the afternoon. I just remember him at the bar just turning around to me and saying, "Exactly the way I pictured it." And, um, <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was a good moment. I just remember thinking, "Yeah, that's that's a good way to finish."
0: Yeah. yeah, why not? And it's a bit of a shame you didn't get to play with Mark in that final season. Obviously, he's. Rist was pretty buggered after that uh, career of his and after the 2018 Grand Final, I think he told me it almost felt like it was broken when he was playing through the year. He showed a lot of lot of grit to get through that season and, yeah, it would have been nice to finish off. Did you play one game together at West Perth?
1: We played, uh, I think, a half a game together, yeah. He played, coming back from osteo pubis, I think, must have been 2008. I think he missed the first half of the year and um, he come back, had about a half a game and then went straight back up. So um, that was good, you know. Kicked the little box for us, I guess. It would have been nice to play at the Vandy, but that's for sure. We'd always talk about it, and um, I probably was half hanging on, hoping for him in those last couple of years to, to come back. But, yeah, like you said, his wrist was no good. He gave a lot of injuries. I think he had something like 23 surgeries or something in Jeez. 14 years. So he definitely uh, had to grit his teeth a bit throughout his career. I guess most blokes that play a couple of hundred do. But, um, yeah, that was probably the one thing that it would have been nice it didn't happen, but, yeah, it's the way it is.
0: Your dad, Peter, as we said, Brent's an East Remandle Premiership player. Was it true that they told you as a young bloke that you weren't good enough to make it?
1: Yeah, so um, I went down there and played uh, half a dozen Colts games and then played half a season in the reserves or something, probably, didn't have the best pre-season. I think I might broke my leg in the pre-season and then come back and definitely was probably... In about the nick I'm in now, but um, I was carrying a little bit of weight and just probably wasn't up to the level, even though i probably shown some glimpses. I thought I'd done enough to sort of hang around, but yeah, they sort of decided to move on and fair enough. And I uh, ended up at West Perth through uh, Andrew Lockyer. ended up coming around and seeing uh, dad, he new dad, come around and got me to West Perth, which actually worked out pretty good because we lived at that end of town, north, up north, and uh, five minutes of training instead a 50, so. Yeah, no, it worked out okay in the end anyway.
0: When you get told you're not good enough, it can go one or two ways from there, can't it? Did you, did you sort of steal yourself pretty quickly and, and put yourself in a proving them wrong mode or how did that work for you?
1: Um, Yeah, I probably, probably did. Um, at the time, I remember being pretty upset by it. Like, because uh, growing up, like, I probably was. all I wanted to do was play at um, yeah. his Dad played there and his premiership played there. We'd always been around that footy club a little bit um and just watched them on abc and yeah i, I just wanted to play moss street and uh it didn't work out and then um I went to west Perth, and then sort of yeah just wanted to play a league game when i got there and um managed to tick that box and play a few more and it was yeah it was, it was good the way it worked out in the end um buying the premiership there and meeting some of my mates i did and yeah, I had a great time at Westbrook.
0: And obviously, Andrew Lockyer's faith in you gave you that little bit of a pick-up. And then I think Darren Harris, his belief in you was a, a real tonic, wasn't it? A real boost for your career?
1: Yeah, it was massive. Darren Harris was massive for me. Andrew Lockyer was good for me. He got me there and and uh, brought me along. Um, he sort of gave me a little bit of belief that I could play as well, and you know where I should set my goals and what I should work on. And he was really good for me. Um, and then when Darren Harris come, like uh, yeah, I don't know, he obviously saw something in me and told me, you know, I'm gonna play League Footy under him and um I just remember having a, a conversation with him about halfway through the year and it stored a lot of belief in me and told me where I should be at and um what I should be going for and yeah, it's yeah, it's been a massive part of my career, Darren Harris. Um, I don't know I don't know if I would have played any league games or what would have happened without him, but um yeah, he's been massive for me. still a close mate to this day.
0: What about copping that rough conduct suspension on the Eva West Perth finals campaign in 2009? You, I don't think you'd ever been suspended and you didn't appeal. Did you deserve it?
1: No, I didn't deserve that. Um, Why didn't you appeal? I was, real, I was real stiff, but, well, I went. I can't remember who I'd bumped, but... Um, I remember getting through thinking, yeah, I'm safe here. And then I got, I got absolutely smashed at the drop. You know, they said, do you have any other injuries? And the guy said, oh, no, nah, not really. And he said, what do you mean, not really? And he said, oh, I had just a bit of bleeding from my mouth. I thought, oh, I'm gone. <laughs> Tipped you in. So, um, yeah, but I thought it was reasonably fair. But more might have been a second or two late. But I don't know how he got bleeding from his mouth. I'll was, I was stiff
0: there. Yeah, very stiff, I reckon. Uh, especially for a final, that, uh, that hurts a bit. Uh, now, Jeff. Valentine has asked you to do a bit of a development work with the club now too, hasn't he? You're still doing that and do you feel like you've got some good messages to pass on to, to young footballers nowadays after all your experiences?
1: Yeah, look, I spoke to him at the start of the year um, about you know perhaps coming down and, and um, helping out with some of the younger guys and the key position guys. Um, with the COVID stuff, it's probably uh, been a bit hard. Um That I think about about three sessions, two two or three sessions and then and I was done. So um had a few Zoom calls and a bit of face time with uh Rowie and, and talk about where it's all going and that and I'm not too sure at this stage but um I think they're sort of getting a bit of a plan together now and yeah it was something that I was looking forward to but uh yeah it's all a bit uh, a bit muddy waters at the moment as to where it's gonna end up and where it's gonna land.
0: Regardless of that, though, it's nice that Jeff asked you, obviously, because uh, he was your backline coach in the early days at West Perth, and I think it shows that football has some really nice synergies as the years pass, doesn't
1: it? Yeah, it does. Like, um, yeah, it's just funny. Like I was talking about earlier about the, the people you meet and the mates you make, and, you know, everyone sort of looks out for each other a little bit, and he, he was great for me as a young guy coming through. and As the backs coach, as you said, and playing enough back, and he, um, yeah, he just sort of gave you a little bit of belief that you belong there and that, which you probably needed as a, as a young guy, or I did anyway, and made you believe in yourself and think you are a part of it. And, yeah, that, they were a really good footy club as well, some of the senior guys, not just uh, coaches, but the senior players as well, Corey Johnson and Brett Cousins and guys like that were, um, yeah, awesome mentors for me as i come through.
0: Brent, when we have a chat like we have today, is it a bit surreal in some ways to sort of go back through and realise just the depth of what, what and where you've been over the years with footy?
1: Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I, I would never really dreamt of it. like playing as much footy everywhere as I went. You know, I probably just thought I was going to play seniors with advanced and that was going to be it. But um, and hopefully come down, you know, at the time, I thought, you know, if I could play a couple of league games with extra man, I'd be happy to put the cue in the rack. But look, it went better than that. But, you know, yeah, like I said, it's, Footy clubs are really about the people that people that go through them. Um, custodians or whatever you want to put it at, you know, but the, the people you meet is, is really what makes it. Uh, being able to sit down with, with guys after it's all said and done, like, you know, Jeff Valentine, like you said, you know, even just going to have uh, breakfast with him or whatever and seeing what he's up to and everything that's going on with him and just, yeah, you no, know, I love that part of
0: footy. Well, Bruno, if I may, uh, you're a big part of an absolutely fantastic footy family, mate, and I'm even happy to include your crazy mum in that. Uh, You should be very (laughs) proud of the footy life you've had, mate, and I really appreciate the chat today. I know mum would be proud.
1: Uh, Good on you, mate. Good to chat, and uh, we'll catch up soon, eh?
0: Go well. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening. Please share the podcast or tell a friend about it. And for tips on how to check in on a mate, search Think Mental Health WA.